hello and welcome. I'm Tom from the Chartered Institute of Credit Management and I'm moderating this CICM podcast on how to get fit to optimise your cash flow. Uh, today we are joined by two speakers from the CICM uh, senior management team, Sue Chappell, Chief Executive, and John Kane, Head of Strategic Relationships. Uh, good afternoon to both of you. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Tom. Uh, so I'm just going to sort of get a started with the first question now. Um, keeping a consistent cash flow is easier when you can control costs with processes and policies. What advice would you give to organisations to prepare for a good cash flow management? Okay, well, as you alluded to, good robust processes, I think, uh, are essential. Starting with the post-sale action of onboarding, going through to the various elements and of of credit control through to billing, having accurate billing, good collections, processes, dispute management, of course, is absolutely key. Um, and that leads into order acceptance when you have issues with, with non and late payers. I also think, um, particularly these days, KYC is key. Knowing who your customer is and making sure the rest of your organisation is on board with knowing who your customer is, what segment they're working in, what perhaps challenges their supply chain maybe having, etc., is key. And that then leads into customer service, making sure that you're ahead of your competition by providing the best service you can. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think you also have to go back to basics on good cash flow management. And it starts right at the beginning with good contract, good terms and conditions, regular, accurate, timely billing that goes to the right person in the organisation. You need to make sure that your processes are consistent and any uh, deviation from that consistency is, is identified and corrected. And the processes also need to be relevant, relevant to the customer, relevant to the business and, and relevant to whatever financial processes you've got in place. And also, they need, I think they need to be shared throughout the business. So everyone, all the other teams, whether it's finance or operations, sales, etc., so that everyone's singing from the same hymn sheet and working to the same processes towards the same expected goal. That's brilliant. That's that consistency is pretty pretty key. It comes on to sort of the next question being uh, how these how can these processes assist with other departments uh, in the company? Again, uh, just leading off from the last question, you know, customer service is key, and never never so more so than to, in today's world. So having processes where everyone's aware of how we interact with customers, what the step-by-step -step processes in terms of all of the process from pre-sale through to onboarding through to credit management and collections etc order control if everyone's on board and knows what's happening and we have the same alignment with the customers and we're all singing off the same hymn sheet it breeds for a better customer service for the customer and i think statistically we know that the majority of customers be they consumers or b2b customers when they don't pay, it's not because they can't afford to pay, it's because there's something has happened to their relationship or to their, uh, to their sales process with the company that means they're not paying. It's a different, it's a different thing. So the, the consistent application of processes across the business, making sure that sales and customer service and billing, the whole orders cash process is joined up that's how your customer or client gets their feel of what is the culture of the organisation. So it's absolutely critical that you want your customer to know who you are and how you behave and what good looks like. 
So making sure that these processes run seamlessly across the whole business is a key factor in getting you paid. Because if you look at the, the vice versa effect where departments and teams aren't aligned, that's when you have internal uh, fighting and miscollaboration, which then spills out to a bad experience for the customer, which results in you losing business, being paid late, etc. So can't stress enough the importance of real good internal collaboration so that the customer sees a very united and professional front. Yeah, and don't, don't leave yourself exposed to uh, a disgruntled customer being able to play one department off against the other, which, which will just add days and days to your cash flow. Wow, um, yeah, really good. Uh, so the next question that brings us on to then, uh, how can the organisation's credit function flag risks before direct debits are set up and how can cash be collected if the direct debit has been cancelled or returned? That's, that's a really good question and I think there's quite a lot of actions that the organisation can make before the DD set up. So obviously as a prudent business taking in orders you would you would assess your, your customer, you would assess the risk probably with a, a credit report from one of the numerous companies out there that can provide credit information. Perhaps you'll go and speak to some of their clients and get a reference and get a taster for how they've been uh, treated previously. But then also setting up the actual direct debit in itself is an opportunity to check what the clients told you and the information they've delivered uh, and, and quality check it. And there's a, there's a red flag straight away if they don't match up. And there's all sorts of software out there that will do this very, very quickly for you. You can, you can go on the web and quickly uh, search people's bank details and, and come up with some, um, some, some answers there. So that's just a couple of things that you can do in the first instance. And I, and I think, there, again, you know, going back to basics on this, some really just human stuff, how keen was the customer to go down the direct debit route? If there's, if there's a resistance, again, it's a flag. It might be nothing, but it's an opportunity to have that conversation. If, if the direct debit fails, one of the beauties of direct debit is it's early. It's early warning that there's a, a non-payment coming for some reason that you can investigate. And I would say always make sure that your process enables that investigation and recording of that data because it is a warning flag. A number of failed direct debits over a period of contract is an indicator of more failed payments. So you'd want to, going back to John's point about knowing your customer, you want to find out from that customer what's going on in their business that's made that fail. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And also, um, many businesses will offer a discount for customers to pay by direct debit because it obviously leads to a cheaper collections strategy. However, be wary of the customers that cancel the direct debit mm. before the first payment in order to just take the discounts and get the discount, um, but not have to pay on DD in the future. And having a good robust process to tackle that with, with a good script and a good strategy, where again, going back to our earlier point, where everyone in the business is aligned. So whether it's the salesperson or the operations or credit person that picks up the phone or speaks to the customer, that there's a consistent message and a consistent way of dealing with that when it happens. And you do so often see in organisations where the, where the departments and, and internal functions are not joined up, where uh, various different teams are incentivised to get the direct debit set up and then they wash their hands of it. Sometimes it's customer service, sometimes it's sales, it's, and sometimes it's the collections or credit management function. But if there is no one who's responsible for when that direct debit gets cancelled or failed, 
then the whole process will fall down. And you've got you know, individuals in other parts of the process thinking everything is fine when actually there's a, a, a customer whose risk is increasing and there's no visibility of it. So it's, you know, to the previous question, another reason why having joined up functions in the business and having all the teams talking to each other is so powerful. And just one final point on that. I mean, when you ask a customer to pay by direct debit, you're assuming then that your collection costs will be minimal mm. because it's a, it, it, you should be able to forecast that that cash will come in when you call it on that day every month. If the customer then reneges on their promise and forces you then to start a collections process and that adds costs into the, yeah. it, into the team and that should be reflected in the conversation you have with the customer. And, and it's worse, isn't it? Because it's adding un, unpredicted costs. Yeah. So it's a, it's a negative on a double whammy. Well, you, you said it was a good question, and I think that was a really good answer, guys. Um, again, thank you, thank you both to Sue Chapel and John Kane for speaking today. Uh, if you would like to reach out to the Chartered Institute of Credit Management, you'll find all our details on the website www.cicm.com. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again, and bye bye. Thank you, Tom. Bye. Thanks, Tom.